I don't ever want anyone to think that I'm begging for members. I, uh, that's not what we're doing. But I am begging you to follow the Lord. I beg you to follow the Spirit of God. He leads, guides, and directs. And this morning I feel like I've done what I'm supposed to do. And uh, if the Lord impresses you throughout this service, uh, we want you to follow the Lord and do what He would lay upon your heart. Um, there's a great joy in serving God. And uh, I'm thankful this morning that He allows me the opportunity from time to time to serve Him. I do have an interest again, once I said, a desire in your prayers. And this thought has lingered with me for the last couple of two or three weeks. And uh, I've got several scripture. I, I don't know if we'll get to them all. Uh, but I kept having a, a thought out of Ephesians, and uh, we're not going to take a reading lesson from there this morning. But there is a verse of text that kept coming to my mind the last couple of weeks. And it's Ephesians 5 and 16. It says, Redeeming the time because the days are evil. And that kept coming to my mind. And Paul used that reference again over in Colossians. And uh, he made a statement of redeeming the time. To redeem time means to buy it or to purchase it. To take it back. And I thought a lot about that here the last couple of weeks. As Paul made the statement, redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. And when I was thinking about those things, I really thought about, uh, we've talked about time here the last couple of two, three weeks. And Brother Buddy preached on that subject. And all of us are aware of time. Uh, I think as a child, it's very easy uh, not to fully understand time. It, it, uh, it's a, you know, uh, there's a song that a, a country artist sings. Uh, he talks about uh, one day you're six years old and you take a nap, and the next thing you know, uh, you're 25, and the next thing you know, you're 100. And the theme of that song is don't blink, because time gets away from you. And I was thinking about those things, and... And me and Jessica was talking about uh, looking at pictures about how when Braxton was smaller and we were down at the beach and how much he's grown and how big he's gotten. And I can really begin to think about time and that aspect of seeing when he was just a child and holding him in my arms when he was just a baby and how he's gotten bigger and he's growing in to be a, a young man now. He's, he's going to turn eight this year and he's still just a boy in my eyes. But he thinks he's a man. He's ready to grow up and be big, you know. He, he's ready to be a man. But he still, I hope, that the Lord permits him a lot of time to grow. But as a parent, and, and even as a person, time gets away from us. And it's very apparent, even in the day's time, that uh, time gets away from us. And I feel like sometimes, and I'm not uh, necessarily pointing us out as a church, uh, this message is not directed towards anybody in particular. If anything, it's directed towards me. But time gets away from us. And if we're not careful, uh, we'll go through a sense of motions. You know, we'll try to go through and we think, well, uh, I'll get these things done today. 
And tomorrow, if I, if I don't get them done today, I'll get them done tomorrow. Or I tell you, if, if today's sermon doesn't come out just exactly like I had hoped or had planned for, uh, we'll try to come back next Sunday. And we'll try it again, Lord. But I'll tell you today that we need to live for today. And right now, in the moment in time that we're living in, because God has not granted us any more time. We've got today and right now. This may very well be the last opportunity. And brethren, if we'll take charge and trust in the Lord, that this may be the last time and opportunity that I have to stand and to present the gospel, the greatest news that's ever been told on the face of the earth, the greatest news, this might be the very last time that I have to stand before you and preach the gospel. It may. But Paul says to redeem the time. To take it back. To buy it. To take it and use it to apply ourselves with everything that God has given us. Take charge of the day like it's our very last day. If y'all are anything like me, sometimes I get to going through the motions. Sometimes I think, well, I've got tomorrow. When you're young, you think you've got all the time in the world. You think, well, I can go out and I can achieve this and I can do that. And you have desires and dreams and things and aspirations for your future. And you're looking out and all of those things are okay. But we need to live in the moment. And right now, what God has given us. And that kindly goes along with our thought this morning as far as time and passion. Now, I'm not talking about the sense of passion that we read about that the Lord Jesus suffered in His passion, that you read about over in Acts. But I'm talking about passion in a sense of zeal. I'm talking about a, a burning inside of us. I'm talking about there's something in here that says I've got to get it out. I've got to tell the world about Jesus. I've, I've got to tell this church. I've, I've got to tell the lost. I've got to live my life in a way that they see that there's something about this man named Jesus. They need to hear about Him. They need to be saved. These Listen, I'm telling you, I was thinking earlier, uh, church, you want to see a revival. You want to see God's presence. You let young people get concerned about their friends. You let them get concerned about their, their school uh, uh, mates and their friends and those uh, uh, folks that are gathered around them they'll get a burden for them and my friend this church will take a fire it will I thought year I'll get into my I'm just going to tell you what's on my heart today years ago I grew up in a little church over there uh, I tried Felt the Lord lead me from hill, uh, from from Rocky Mound. I moved my membership to Hilltop, and when I left Rocky Mound and went to Hilltop, I thought, man, and I don't mean no disrespect in this. I'm just telling you the way I thought. I thought these people is the craziest people I ever seen for in my life. I did. They shouting all over the place. I, we had a young couple of young people that come over there to Hilltop back for their youth room youth revival and there was women over there shouting and those young people said what in the world are they doing over there folks they was in the spirit and God's presence was there and it was filled up in that house they didn't know what to think I thought man alive what's wrong with these people 
They was hugging and loving all over one another. It was different to me. But I tell you what, it rubbed off on me. It rubbed off on me, and I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be a part of it. And I remember there, whenever they began to start having thoughts about having a youth revival, nobody had ever used that terminology before. That was new. They said, a youth revival, that's different. They said, what's the community going to think about us having a youth revival? They said, well, we're not limiting it just to the youth, but that's what we want to call it. People started inviting their friends, and young people got a burden for their friends. And you know what God done? He showed up the very first year, and He saved 13 souls in that meeting. Three days. Just a couple of years ago, they had 11 get saved. I'm not sitting here uh, telling you that uh, they're any greater than we are, but what I'm saying is, is they've got a burden and they, they've got a zeal. There's a, a passion there. That when we come into God's house, there needs to be a, a passion about what we're doing here. A passion, a zeal. There's something about this man named Jesus. There's something in my heart that I, I've got to get it out. I want the world to know about Him. There's a joy in here that comes with serving the Lord. You say, preacher, you're probably a little too passionate this morning. There's a passion. There's a zeal about serving the Lord. And all of us have a a different job. And all of us have a a different personality. I had somebody tell me, they said, preacher, you... We, I, I, we've not had a preacher, a younger preacher with so much enthusiasm. And I, Listen, I, I am what I am by the grace of God. But I'm telling you this morning, there's something in here that God is... Brother Moran, he, he's 88, 89 years old, and as he was preaching at that tent meeting, he said, there's a fire in here, and I want people to know about him. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. I want, folks, I'm telling you that we're living in a day and time that I'm guilty of it, that we take for granted the time that God has given us. We do. And if we're honest with ourselves and we're honest with God, I want to ask you this morning, If today, if you knew today was the last day that you had here, what would you do different? Would you do anything different? Is there things that you would change? What if you knew, no man knoweth hour, but what if you knew that the Lord was going to return tomorrow? What would you do different? How would we live our lives? Listen to me, I know Oh, there's a whole lot that I'd try to do different. I've got people in my family that's lost. I want to redeem the time. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said. Second Corinthians in the sixth chapter. Second Corinthians in the sixth chapter. It says, we then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in, in a time accepted, and the day of salvation I have secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted 
time. Behold, now is the day of salvation, giving no, no offense in anything, that the ministry be not blamed, but in all things approving ourselves as ministers of God in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses. I'll get into that point in just a moment. How easy is it for us as God's people, oftentimes that uh, we, uh, you hear people say, well, I, I've got burned out, or I've done this, or I've done that, and the sense of passion and drive that they once had in trying to lift the name of God up. I want you to understand what Paul gets into here. And he goes into it a little bit in the 11th chapter, but he begins to expound here to the Corinthian church the things that he has endured and the things that he has went through. But yet he's telling them, he says, we then as workers together with him. He's, it's not my work, but yet it is God's work and he allows me to be a part of it. He allows me to uh, enjoy and reap some of those benefits that when His Spirit passes by and He saves those that are lost and we're gathered together in heavenly places and His Spirit is thick and we want to be together and worship together. Listen, He allows us to be a part of it. We're workers with Him. It's His work. He just allows me to be a part of it. But he says, beseech ye also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Now he goes on to talk about, he says, For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and the day of salvation I have secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, we talk about those scriptures a lot. That today is the day of salvation. Now is the accepted time. Uh, we're not promised tomorrow. We're not promised next week. We're not promised any of those things, but we've got right now. Lost person, you've got today to seek the Lord. You've got today to seek Him out, to make things right. You've got today to place your trust in Him. Listen, anything could happen at any moment in time. Uh, you could walk out those doors, and my friend, that'd be the end of your life, and open your eyes up in a devil's hell. But we've got right now, right now, today, this very moment we have, and yet, oftentimes, we'll go through the motions. You say, well, I, listen, I believe in my heart this morning. Some of you may be saying, well, all I've got to do is make it through this sermon. And I won't have to worry about it for another week. Listen, maybe you might have been lost for 20 years. Maybe you've never realized you're lost before. Listen, you're never going to be any more lost than you are right now. If you're lost, you're just as lost as you're ever going to be. But you've got right now to seek the Lord. I can't tell you this morning if your heart's right. I can't tell you this morning if you've ever been saved. That's something you've got to work out between you and the Lord. And I'm thankful that it's that way. I'm thankful that God is the one that tells me that I'm trusting in Him. He's the one that saved me. I'm thankful that it's that way. I can't tell you this morning where you stand. But God can. If you're here and lost this morning, you need to be saved. Paul says, today is the day of salvation. And folks, I, I'll just be honest with you. I, 
I feel like we're living in a day and time where sometimes if we're not careful, we're just going through the motions. There's more time. There will be more time. There will be more opportunities. There will be this and there will be that. What if there's not? Listen, I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer to you, but I'm trying to be real this morning. Y'all have heard me talk about this. That morning I fell off that barn roof. You know what I had planned to do that day? My plan. I was going to take my boys fishing. And I thought, well, I'm going to get up here and work on this barn roof for a little while. And then I'll take them fishing. And if I would have just took them fishing to begin with, none of that would have ever probably taken place. I had plans. God granted me the ability to, to go on and live more. Jessica told me there in the hospital, she said, God's not done with you yet, and thankfully He ain't done with me. But now He may be done with me tomorrow. And if He is, I've got a better place to go. I've got that old account settled a long time ago. But I had no thoughts in my mind of falling that day and almost dying. But my friend, now is the time. Today is the day. There's folks in our life that have lost their zeal. They've lost their passion. The thing that God has placed in their heart, that fire that He's placed in there, that joy. To tell the world about what He's done for them. And Paul says... Paul says, even through all of these things that I've been through, he says, though, he said, but in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God, in much patience and afflictions and necessities and distresses. He says, in stripes, imprisonment, in tumults, in labor, in watching and fasting, by pureness, by knowledge, by long-suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost, by love unfeigned, by the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor of righteousness on the right hand and on the left, by honor and dishonor, by evil report and good report, as deceivers and yet true, and unknown and yet willing and, and yet well-known, as dying and behold we live as chastened and not killed, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as sorrow yet making many rich, as having nothing yet possessing all things. He says, I have experienced it. You can go over in this same letter in the 11th chapter and really get down to the meat of it, of what Paul is talking about. He says, listen, I have been whipped. Uh, uh, well, let's just go over there. He says in the 11th chapter, in the 24th verse, he says, Of the Jews five times I received forty stripes, save one. 
39 stripes he received five times. Thrice I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Thrice I suffered shipwreck. At night and day I had been in the deep. In journeys often in perils of water and perils of robbers and perils of mine own countrymen and perils by the heathen and perils in the city and perils in the wilderness and perils of the sea and perils among false brethren and weariness and painfulness and watching often and hunger and thirst and fasting often and cold and nakedness. And besides those things are without that which cometh unto me daily, the care of all the churches. He's saying, listen, he said, I've been through it. I've experienced it. I've been beaten. I've been thrown down. I've been spit on. I've been ridiculed. I've been through all of these things. Yet there was still a burning desire in his heart to reach those that are lost. To preach Jesus to the church. Listen to what he says here. He's not trying to get on to them. But he's saying, oh, Corinthians. He's pouring his heart out to him. He's pouring his heart out to the church. Oh, Corinthians. There's a zeal about Him. Now we've got to be careful about lighting a fire. We need to let God light the fire. And we need to let God be in control of how it burns. Because a fire that gets out of control, it's hard to maintain. But my friend, when God is in control of that fire that's in your heart, and he's fanning it, and he's blowing it, or you'll reach people. You might say there, well, I, I've tried to reach this one, or I've tried to reach that one, or I've prayed for this one for a long time. And listen, I, I want to tell you, sometimes, church, we've got to put feet on our prayers. You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes we can pray for something and pray for something, but sometimes you've got to put a little action behind it. Sometimes God is saying, do this and do that. And we continue to keep praying for it. But sometimes we've got to put feet on it. How many of us this morning have passions? Things we enjoy doing. Here recently, y'all are going to think I don't ever do nothing with Baylor. But me and Braxton have got into metal detecting. Some of y'all probably think that's strange. But uh, I really thought we got this metal detector. and Me and him thought we was going to go down there to the beach. And really find some stuff. We found some stuff all right. We got our headphones on and we, we'd go out there at night time, just me and him. We'd walk through that sand. We'd get so excited. He'd get so excited. I'd say, it's right there. That metal detector start going off. You want me to dig here, Daddy? Yeah. He'd get to digging. We'd pull up a bottle cap. We'd go on a little further. And we'd pull something else up out of the tank. I'd get about discouraged thinking, well, let's just go back to the room. He'd say, let's go on a little further, Daddy. We scanned it through there. We found our first quarter. You thought we'd won a million dollars. It was just a quarter. 
passion there that me and him enjoy it together. And that's the way it is working for God. You, you go and you work and you labor and you don't hear nothing. You don't see nothing. And then that one time God shows up and He does something big. And it just stirs your heart and it encourages you to go on a little bit further. That's how it is for me. We've all got passions. And we've all got things that we enjoy in this life. And listen to me, I'll be the first to tell you, I think God wants us to enjoy this life. I do. He created all things. He said it was good. I think He wants to enjoy time with our families. Enjoy the life that He's given us. But He also wants us to make time for Him. And when we come to His house, we need to be ready to serve Him and to worship Him and to tell lost people that there's something there. You say, well, preacher, I'm not much to stand up and to, and to speak. And maybe you're not. That's all right. But you can pray. Pray for these lost people. The Scripture teaches me over in 1 Thessalonians not to quench the Spirit. Let us not be guilty of putting a fire out. Let us be willing to follow through with the Spirit that God has given us. Let us work for Him while there's time. I meant to go a whole lot deeper with this, and I ain't even barely scratched the surface. That same church we was reading to you about over in Ephesus, he said, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I want to read to you what... Jesus said to him over in Revelation. Second chapter, very familiar text this morning to you. He says, Unto the angel of the church of Ephesus write these things, saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks. I know thy works, and thy labor, and thy patience, and how thou canst not bear them which are evil. And how thou hast tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and hast found them lies, and hast borne, and hast patience, and for my name's sake has labored and hast not fainted. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Apostle Paul knew just exactly what the church at Ephesus was able to do. The Lord Jesus had spoken here, and he said, I recognize these things that you've done. He said, church, you're doctrinally sound. He said, but I have somewhat against you. He said, because you've left the first love. He said, where am I at in the picture of all of these things? My friend, this morning, let us never be found guilty of being, found being guilty of what the church here at Ephesus was, forgetting the first love. The basis of the gospel, the good news, is to reach lost people. The church needs help and she needs encouraging from time to time. But folks, we're a mission field. You say, well, we're a church that's organized. Listen, this right here is the camp. That out there is the mission. We've got people that come in and out of our church weekly that's lost. And I think about the time. You know, church, I'm going to be honest with you. I have 
probably wasted time. I've thought about silly things that didn't matter to amount to a hill of beans. You know what Satan wants? He doesn't want any lost person to be saved. He don't. He doesn't want them to be saved. He don't want us to share the good news that's in our heart. Young people, he doesn't want you to tell your friends about Jesus, what he's done for you. He doesn't want you to invite them to the church. To what extent are we willing to go to reach lost people? Mamas and daddies, are you willing to let kids stay at your house through weeks of revival that they might have an opportunity to come and hear about Jesus? I, I, listen, I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. I'm just trying to get down to the meat of it. Are we willing to go to our neighbor's house and invite them? Are we willing to get on the phone and call somebody and say, Listen, our preacher ain't much count, but he talks about the man that is. What are we willing to do? The gospel message is a message of urgency. It's urgent. Because time is running out. The Lord Jesus talked about it over there in the gospel of Matthew. He said, you'll see the signs. I don't know when he's coming. But I know that he is. He said it'll be like the days of Noah. And folks, these days are full of evil. It scares me as a parent. But I've got faith and confidence in the Lord Jesus. This morning, let's take back the time. I can't take it back on my own. But let's go to the Lord. Lord, help us to take the time that we've got now to reach lost people. When we come into the house of God, let's lay aside every care and every weight that besets us and let's worship Him. Let's come to the Lord's house like it's the last opportunity that we're going to have to serve Him. You know, church, I'm going to be honest with you. There will come one last time that you'll have in a church service. There will. I don't know when that'll be. I hope and I pray that God grants us more time. I like time. I enjoy being alive. But there is coming a day when it will all come to an end. So today, let us take advantage of the time that we've got. Let us have a zeal in our heart. A passion. Let us ask our place in a service. Maybe you're wore out. Maybe you've been serving in a position for a long time. I don't know. Ask God to renew it. And if He can't, and if you don't have a burden for that work, ask God to send somebody else. We need to have a passion in us. That's our message today. I know that it's been extremely simple. But that's the way I intended for it to be. I hope it's a help to you. If it's been nothing else, it's been a help to me. I look out and I see how much the world has changed. 
And I'm thankful I still live in this part of the country. But there's something in here that I want people to know. I want to tell people about Jesus. I want them to know how that He looked down on a little nine-year-old little boy. That He knew everything that I was ever going to do. He knew how many times I was going to fail Him. He knew how many times I was going to let Him down. And yet He still loved me. He saved me. And He gave me a home in heaven forever. And I want people to know about Him. Let's work and labor together while there's still time. Brother Strode, if you'd get us a song. Lost person, there's time now, today, to seek God. It may not be time tomorrow. Won't you come and seek Him while He may be found? As we stand and have a verse of song. What are we doing with our time?